Welcome back, Conscious Parents. It's so great to have you today. Conscious parents, conscious listeners, even those who are looking to become more conscious in their decision-making, in the way that they live their lives, in their relationships, just whatever has brought you here, just take a moment to acknowledge that you have made it to this moment where you are stepping into learning and stepping into assessing and examining and diving deep into acknowledging and taking radical responsibility and accountability for who you are and showing up in your world without settling, taking all the steps that you can to know that you have done everything in your power and letting the co-creation meet you there. This is huge, especially in a world where a lot of the practices that we practice are not conscious. I know a big one is the food industry and there's a lot of processed foods that we consume out of convenience and out of just it being available, but mass produced. And it's not really an integrity with the planet with the ecosystems and with everyone involved. It's really almost the worst way to consume. And aside from, you know, all of that, that's a really big example because like when we, when we, you know, put something into our body, it turns into who we become. It becomes who we, who we will be. Right. So consuming anything, whether that's physically, eating, drinking, swallowing, right? Consuming food, nutrition, um, or just consuming like our environment and consuming the relationships and the, um, the ways that relating is modeled to us. We're always consuming in that way. And we want to make sure that we're in our integrity And that when we're not, that we build the awareness around it so that we can make choices. And this is not to say that things are good or bad. It's not to come at it with judgment. It's to come at it with the awareness to know that when we do know better, we do tend to make better choices more often. And that's really the goal is to become more conscious, but not from this like perfectionism, right? Like we're not going to be perfect all the time. It's to come from it from a place of learning and growing and always striving to be a little bit better than we were yesterday. And that's when we know we're growing is when we, um, when we build the awareness, right? Because if, if growth is not linear, it might look like some ups and downs, right? But can we have the awareness tomorrow that we don't have today? Can we have the awareness today that we didn't have yesterday, right? Can we be willing to see things different, learn things different, like interact with people who are different than us so we can come up with different ideas? Are we willing to do that and accept that it's the exact timing for us, right? I think a big theme I see lately is you know, people getting really bummed or hard on themselves of, gosh, why wasn't I doing this sooner? Or gosh, why didn't I know about this before? Right. And it's almost like this drastic contrast that tends to wake people up. And that tends to create these feelings of guilt or resentment of like, oh my gosh, I've been doing it this 
you know, quote unquote, more unconscious way for this long. Like, what does that mean about me? Right. But without bringing the judgment, without bringing any sort of meaning, we can just say, well, it's like, we know now and now is where our power is, right? We can blame the past. We can blame ourselves. We can judge ourselves and critique, but that's really not where our power is. We're kind of outsourcing our power when we do that. And maybe that was what was modeled to us. And maybe that's what's familiar. And maybe that's what we're used to. And we get to break those patterns and we get to break that, you know, like that cycle and continue on in a new way. So let the change be subtle. Let it be something that will shape us. And yeah, let it be something that slowly can evolve over time. You know, it's really the best way I think about it is like, it's okay to grow slow and, and especially sustainable to grow slow because that's where we really integrate and really take with us those deeper lessons that we want. And that's, what's going to show us the sustainable change over time that we're actually craving and needing and, um, searching for deep, deep down. And so I just wanted to talk about neuroplasticity today because it's been on my mind. I've been taking a deep dive with neurofeedback and it's so interesting because it tends, it's tending to connect me to this more liminal space where like, I'm really noticing just how tired, um, I feel I'm like exhausted, but in a good way, it, it feels like I've been working hard and working toward being that efficient. And it's so crazy because you hear about like, you know, well, neuroplasticity is this really incredible ability for the brain to stretch and to change and to grow. And like, we hear this and we know this, but it feels so different because I'm in the process. It's like, oh, that's what it feels like to change my mind. Like, oh, that's what it feels like to go against the grain. Like, oh, that's what it feels like to do something new and to do something different, right? Because as we know, our brains are so shaped and modeled by everything that we experience. This is unconscious and conscious. So it can be seen as positive or negative, but again, we don't have to like judge it. We can just take the agency over knowing this to expand and to create what we want to see in our lives rather than reinforcing, you know, what might keep us stuck or what might be the older ways. And so, yeah, if you tuned into my last episode, I shared with you my brain map results. And so I got to learn a lot. It's almost like, you know, once you see it and you understand it and you know it about yourself, it's definitely encouraging to, um, tune in when the changes are undergoing and when they're, when they're happening. And it's so cool because it's like, you know, the things about yourself, but when they're validated through the map, like through the QEEG, by the way, I think everybody, when they have the opportunity to should get a brain scan. And, and I think everybody should be able to learn about their brain function and to know 
what it is that their brain is doing. I think it's very fascinating. And I'm sure a lot of people go through life without knowing, but I believe it would be really cool if everyone had the opportunity to get to learn that level of themselves at such a core level, because on one hand, there is so much that we don't know about the brain yet. And then what we do know, it's like, wow, it's, it's magical. It's not even like, it's not, it's like the brain is electric, you know, we're definitely like magical beings and call it a science, you know, but, but yeah, it's just, it's just knowing that we can learn and unlearn anything with the repetition and the consistency and knowing that like the emotional intensity is what is key for creating the lasting change, like just opens this gateway to anything being possible. And along with neuroplasticity, the ability to change our brains, there comes this wave of epigenetics, which also influences um, our gene keys based on the expression of our environment. And what's so cool about this is we have certain lifestyle behaviors and we have deeply like seated beliefs that might run through different generations that are passed along. And it's wild that we can switch on or off this expression of a certain trait, right? Like through the chemical processes that we have and methylate through in our brains is just another way, you know, like I've been learning a lot from my pause partner through my breathwork journey. She has taught me a lot about um, how we can change our brain and how we can, you know, decrease our likelihood of Alzheimer's and how it's like 90% um, preventable, which just totally blew my mind. So things like epigenetics, right, of changing our environment and taking our power back and really, really feeling into that, that power because it can feel unique if we haven't had it for our lives, right? But when we take our power back and understand that we do have control over things, again, it allows us to be in the driver's seat. Life is no longer happening to us. Life is happening for us. And we get to be in control of what we can control. It's not to say we can control everything, but there are certain factors that we're learning that we can now be an active part of and be a participant, you know, be a active player in the game, right? So things like our diet, what are we consuming? What are we putting in our bodies? What are the ingredients? What kind of marketing is scamming us to believe that we're being healthy? Who's profiting off of our consumption, right? There are so many ways that we're bombarded, but there are also so many ways, again, that we can ask ourselves these questions in order to take our power back. So when I see an ad that says something like, um, we have the, you know, the cleanest protein powder out there and we're in our integrity and, um, we've got the, yeah, we've got the best, right? If I turn over to their label and I see things like natural flavors, or I see things like sunflower lectin, 
I know that, that these ingredients are not good for me. Yet it can be so easy to believe these brands that we've might've trusted in the past, right? And it's so challenging because I want these brands to be on our side. I want brands to be in their integrity fully, truly, like for people, you know, but I don't know if everybody takes the time to read the labels or to, you know, question the integrity of brands, which again, I I wish we were in a world that we could um, know that they were um, doing what was best for us. But unfortunately, it's a very, very profit-driven power that the food industry especially profits on addiction. And it's very, very sad, but again, not to be overwhelmed, but just take it like one day at a time, right? Like take, I realize how overwhelming that is because I feel that too. Like I make sure that I have balance, right? And that if I am eating processed foods that I am choosing ingredients that are like the lesser of two evils, right? But I will first and foremost want to make sure that I am aware of what I'm putting in my body because that's that's a huge deal when it comes to changing our minds, changing our brains and creating the environment that we want our genes to express differently in, right? So the ironic part of this is like with our diet, with our movement, right? With our exercise, with smoking and alcohol and stress, it's like those factors are actually what people use most to cope when they feel disconnected and they just need that relief, you know? So adding on to that, we, we have intergenerational trauma. We carry trauma through our lineage that our ancestors did not process that becomes passed down. And that, that has been studied through epigenetics. So when we take this seriously and when we look at this, you know, cycle of abuse or whatever it is, right? Like I know for, for me, it's like, I got spanked as a kid and I'm sure my parents got spanked as a kid, right? That was passed down. It didn't belong to them, but it was a pattern that was copied and mirrored through neurotransmitters. And that is just the behavior that was unconsciously displayed and it happened. And I'm sure after it happened, I'm sure there were overwhelming feelings of what just happened. Right. So this is again, not to have judgment and not to blame and not to shame and not to, not to find ourselves spiraling into any of those patterns, but rather coming at this so neutrally so that we can build awareness Imagine the building blocks of awareness. And if we get stuck in shame and we, and we take it personally and, um, and it's not to say that we're not validating the pain that had occurred, right? That is the validation of the intergenerational trauma, but in order to unlearn and recreate new patterns, we have to be aware of what it is that we're trying to break the cycle of, right? So Through this unblocking, through the shifting of the unconscious and the subconscious, we break through the barriers and therefore this translates into living as this better version of self, right? And creating the health that we want to see 
and the wealth that we want to see and even the longevity and even starting to think about consciously like, wow, what do I want to pass along to my children? I want to pass along honesty and integrity and, and, and the things that enrich life, but that are so valuable. Right. And I want to pass on individuality. I want to embrace my next generations for being individuals, being who they are, really allowing them to be themselves in whatever capacity that means, whatever version that is, which will require me to allow release surrender and have the feelings that I have that may come up around who they are. Right. I get to get really clear about what's mine, what isn't mine and what has been a burden for me or created a barrier for me that doesn't belong to me, but that also needs to simultaneously be addressed. So it can be a lot. And I'm so glad that I am doing the neurofeedback now because that is what's going to rewire me. And it's so cool. It's, it's the perfect timing, right? Again, even as the metaphor says, right, I could say, gosh, like, why did I wait so long for this? Why didn't I do this before? Right. And then I also get to meet myself with the love and the compassion that says you're doing this at the exact timing that you need to, you know, this is the time that was supposed to be, this was the time that it was supposed to happen. Right. And as we go through our lives and we drop in even more and we notice the subtleties and the nuances and the layers we get to deepen and grow and expand outward. You know, we get to take up more space and more knowledge and more wisdom and interact and share. And like, we're already so connected, but we get to amplify and understand more to really nourish those connections and nourish those ways that we can't even explain, right? The ways that are connecting us that we don't even know yet. So yeah, an example of this was my good friend, Aaron. We found out that our fathers both grew up a street away from each other, but didn't know each other in a small town in New Jersey. And Aaron grew up in Florida and I grew up in Ohio and now we both live in Boulder. And so when I shared that story with my dad, and when I talked to Aaron, we, we noticed similarities in the behaviors of both of our fathers, right? Because we know that they had the same environment and we know that our fathers are similar as a result of their environment. And Aaron and I click and connect so well. And I know that there's past life energy from our connection because he's just such a dear friend. And when I shared this with my dad, what I was mentioning to him was that dad, like somewhere in this, you know, maybe generationally, maybe you and Aaron's dad were supposed to meet, and because you didn't, then it's like, now your children have to do that. Right. Like, like there's just like this larger plan or however you want to call it. Right. There's like the ways that we're all interconnected at play and it's so beyond our knowing and our understanding. And yet when the things like that happen, it just reminds me of 
the synchronicities in life. And it gives me that nudge to keep going and to stay curious and to stay open and that I don't know it all and that there always is more room for learning and growing. So I want you to challenge yourself this week. How are you going to expand your awareness? How are you going to be more gentle on yourself and less judgmental with your process? How are you going to stay open to receive? If you feel so called, I would love for you to share. Keep in touch. Let me know. Keep me posted. And I hope that you have a great week. I will see you on the flip side. Take care.